Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Greetings, dear listener. Greetings from scorching, sunny Scunthorpe. And yes, it is scorching today. It's, I don't know what the temperature is back in London, but it must be in the high 20s. The teams are just out warming up at the moment. So here we are. We've had a shocking week, haven't we? Um, hammered to defeat last week, last Saturday, against Coventry, 4-0. Absolutely mullered up the park. And defeated unluckily, shall we, shall we say? Or, or did we contribute to our own downfall? Are we the architects of our own downfall? Versus Barnsley on Tuesday night. Um, now, I'm sitting in the warmth of the, uh, the Scunthorpe, the legendary Scunthorpe sunshine at the moment. I'm going to rewind you now, listeners, back to last Tuesday night. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a live piece that I did at the, at the Den last Tuesday night versus Barnsley. And uh, will rejoin us after this uh, tale of woe. Achtung, Mailball. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, boys and girls around the planet. Welcome to the half-empty den on a Tuesday night for the midweek visit of Barnsley. Are we a crisis club? Two games in? Not quite yet, but we're, we're kind of flirting on the fringes of being a crisis club. Probably one of the quickest crises of Mills history after Saturday's appalling 4-0 defeat by Coventry City. So let's line up, makes a couple of changes on that um, selection from Saturday's game. David Ford surprisingly retains his place in goal. Across the defence we've got Sean Cummings, we've got Shane Ferguson and in the centre Tony Craig and Sid Nelson returning in place of the gentle giant Byron Webster. Across the midfield we have Sean Williams surprisingly after Saturday's debacle. With welcome return of Jimmy Abdu in centre alongside him. Wider left is um, Ed Upson. They called him Matthew Upson. That's that West Ham slag, isn't it? Uh, Ed Upson. And then on the right side is Fred Onyadinma. Um, surprising that the likes of Williams retain their, their place after Saturday's result. Up front, the familiar du- duo of Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison. 
now getting behind the Lions early. With a few snarky comments online, a few little chips at uh, Neil Harris for uh, some of the things he said over the weekend, backing the team. And I think fans want him to be one of them. It's a very difficult position. Management isn't the easiest task in the world. I posted online today about Lieutenant Bromhead in Zulu, who speaks to uh, Stanley Baker, can't remember his name, at Wilkes Drift. And he says, worse the effect of that when you're in charge, old boy, you're on your own. I think Neil Harris is finding out just what it was like for Stanley Baker at Rook's Drift right now. Balsy playing around our area at the moment with Gay Abandon. 21 is free inside the box. Jesus is seven. He shoots. It's blocked. Neil getting bodies in the way. It's all a bit harem scarum there, listeners. It's an old school word. Harem scarum. Where did that come from? I haven't heard that for years, kind of thing my old mum used to say. Morning. From the depths, the depths of the memory bank, that is Nick Hart. Every time the ball's gone into the mill penalty area, we've come up for 13 minutes, listeners. I think we've looked wobbly, we look shaky and hesitant. Nothing new there, I'm afraid, ever since the season started. I don't think we've been totally convincing in defence, but tonight, different personnel in Sid Nelson's returned. Otherwise, we still look wobbly. 21 minutes on the clock. Attack. They've looked quite bright going forward, listeners, as we approach the halfway point of the first half. They pass the ball around nicely outside our penalty area. They can't quite work a chance at the moment. They've certainly looked the more incisive, like for me, going forward. We have shown some good effort, but nothing um, in the way of cutting edge. Barnsley's shot that's blocked there quite nicely and taken by Ford. Fantastic backhill twist and turn there by Fred Olya Denmark. The roar from the crowd when they saw that little moment of quality is uh, <laughs> it's like an oasis in a desert. You can hear it, can't you, behind me? So 25 minutes, we'll play the ball now around the edge of the Barnsley penalty area. Upson from distance, he finds Cummings. Tries to cross in, Morrison now gets a rebound, it's back and forth. No one's wanted to take responsibility for a shot. Lee Gregory on the right-hand side. You can see, uh, as you can see the throw in. Beautiful, beautiful skill by Fred on your din, my listeners. That boy has it. Has the X-Factor. How many times do I have to tell you that? Every game I say it, don't I? Am I boring you? I'm sorry, I'm boring you. But it is true. He had the ability to cry flight, take and turn now. 25 minutes gone, nil-nil. Mill threatening a little more in the last few minutes. Good to see. He's up some, just outside the Barnsley penalty area. He feeds Morrison. Opportunity knocks here. Fred can't get over the lines. In and in! Bobbly shot across the line by Fernando Dema. Crossing by Steve Morrison. Fred barely got a touch on it, but he managed to get it. That crucial ball switch over the goal for 1 0 Millwall. 26 minutes gone. Excuse me. Fred Onyedema, not Onyedema. That must be the, uh, the, the correct pronunciation. Credit that assist to Steve Morrison. Some fantastic work down the right-hand side of the penalty area. Held his nerve, picked out his man, and Fred did well to get the ball. Just literally was a ball's whip over the line before being cleared. Clearly a goal. I'm sitting right on the line. I can vouch for that. And I'm a totally unbiased judge in these matters. Listen, that was definitely a goal given by the officials. But I can confirm across the line in the net. His ups and down the right again, finds Morrison pulling wide right a little bit tonight. Cuts inside, nicely done, finds space again. Ups and shoots across the net. Oh! Williams uh, on the other side of the ground, they thought Williams to put that into the net. Beautiful cross across uh, the, the, the six-yard box. Williams just putting it inches wide. 
29 minutes gone. We'll show more brightness and full frightness going forwards now. Is that a word? Full frightness? I'm going to look that one up on my dictionary. Be right back. Gregory feeds Fred again. Go down the left-hand side. Night of Fred at the moment. Shoots on goal. Is the side netting. It was meant to be a cross. Looked more like a shot goes into the side netting. Fred really turning on at the moment, listeners. 30th minute of the game. One of Mill's most naturally dangerous-looking players. I think the first one in many, many years that we've had. That, as soon as he gets the ball, he has that Paul Ifill-like quality that you sit up. You wonder what he's going to do. He's going to do something with it. So 33rd minute of the game. Mill free kick. Halfway inside the Barnsley half, over on the right-hand side. It's floated in by Sean Williams. Deep looking for Tony Craig, who gets up high. For real! Disallowed. Ah. Craig, I think, was supposed to be pushing. Offside, offside. Lee Gregory followed the ball into the net. Although, having seen the uh, football last night, the uh, Liverpool goal, um, that would have been deemed not offside. But anyway, that... Tonight's one was deemed offside, looping header from Craig from the straightforward cross, followed in by Gregory, but disallowed. Unlucky Mill for goalkeeping um, move early description. Here's Upson, he finds Lee Gregory over on the left hand side, right hand side. Gregory heads, Gregory chips it back and finds Morrison with the header, who heads it just wide. Nice move. It's a partnership that seems to be combining Morrison and Gregory. 36 minutes gone. 37 going towards 38. It's going to be a corner taken by the 21. Far, far left as I look. Hit high and deep. Ball bounces around and runs clear. Back to the Barnsley wide player. He's going to get another chance, another crossing. Taking on Morrison over on the left hand side. He checks back. In comes the cross. Deep. Band free. Goal. One each. Free, free shot. Sloppy defending. The 15 had a free shot. In off the far post. One each, 38 minutes. There's the half-time whistle. Newell one, Barnsley one. Um, what can we say about that half? Newell have had their bright moments, as we said. They look quite dangerous in and around the lead-up to the goal and just after. Barnsley have also looked fairly dangerous going forward. They play the ball wide a lot. Um, they pulled us apart on occasions, and had, had, a better team might have scored more goals against us. The uh, the goal was the equalising goal was a result of sloppiness in Mill's defence. Mill's defence. So we leave the half one each. Better performance than on Saturday, which isn't saying a huge amount, I know, but it is an improvement. So um, we'll be right back after these messages. Achtung, Milwaukee. This is Naomi Cole, Millwall Lionesses defender, and you're listening to Acton Millwall. A few tweets from the Twitterati world for your listeners. Connor says Cummings is bad. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Very bad. Now, I don't think he's making any reference to uh, the Michael Jackson album there. I didn't think it was that bad, Connor, but um, equally I wouldn't rave about him. So I do take your point now. Connor also says we're playing no better than we did on Saturday at the moment. The pitch is too big. Barzia use it, and we are not. I, I must admit, um, the bigger pitch seems to favour the away side rather than ourselves so far this season. So um, possibly a bit of a bollock dropped by raising this, increasing the size of the pitch. Lions Live Radio says good to see the Lions get back into it and start going after Barnsley. But both the four midfielders, middle four midfielders, and our four defenders are weak under pressure. We do look weak under pressure LL up and it's not being it's been that's been so really since the uh, the friendly game against the Portuguese it hasn't really changed that at all this season Millwall USA broadcasting from the USA I think the California Sun says the early impressions of the season are that we're really going to struggle in League One as some fans did predict I believe that's true pre-season optimism as always was all too brief how true USA that's very true Toby Porter the South London Press says Mill should have had three could have had three sorry Williams couldn't connect and Craig header was given offside but it's one each at the break that's true should have been three nil up though Jack TK asks why Barnsley haven't come here with two up top is odd he says against us a big lump and a quick bloke leaves us fucked very true Jack we do look sluggish in defence I do agree and they've moved the ball very neatly as I've said a couple of times in the in the commentary piece and um, yeah a better strike force up front probably would have seen them in front of us to be absolutely honest Second half kicks off. Moore attacking a cold blow lane end. One each at the break. All to play for, listeners. All to play for. Crowd tonight. Oh, difficult to estimate. I would think in the 6,000, 6,500, 7,000 perhaps. Not a big turnout. We blew a lot of goodwill. This club has got an innate capacity to blow all goodwill and pre-season optimism in a trice. And we certainly blew it all on Saturday, that's for sure. 11,000 crowd gone to waste there. Shot from distance from Barnsley. Way over the bar. Long cross trying to find Fred. Takes brilliantly well on the far side of the penalty of Fred. Corner. Millwall. Beautiful take by Fred. Just couldn't get any space to get a shot or, or a decent cross in there. Mill corner. Coming up for 51 minutes. Long corner and it comes. Trying to find Williams. Off the line. Glancing here. Now cleared off the line by the Barnsley defender. Another chance goes begging for Millwall. 51 minutes. Long Barnsley free kick forwards. Bobbing around. That's 2-1. On the volley. Long fall falls into the box. Ball not cleared. Falls to the Barnsley struggle. Belt it home for 2-1. Barnsley so it was that poor defending is a question that's running through my head um, 
clearly he's got a free shot on goal from a knockdown, so yes, that's poor defending, isn't it? Um, but he's clearly first in the firing line when things are going wrong, and they are going wrong at the moment, listeners. Barnsley are looking, without being brilliant, they're pulling us apart at the moment. And that is worrying, isn't it? With an, a, an average side, I mean, they've not done badly. They, 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 Coventry looked far, far better than them on Saturday, but they've clawed their way back into a game from being behind, got themselves into a lead, and survived a number of mill chances. 66 minutes, mill pressing forwards, searching for that all-important equaliser, listeners. We've kept the ball on the deck and passed it around. That was a harmless enough cross, as I'm saying that. The long ball down to Steve Morrison isn't exactly giving us pay dirt at the moment, and I find that as we move the ball wide and try to get men in behind the, the back line defenders, we look much, much more dangerous. But we do seem to regard the long ball at Steve Morrison as our default position. Fred wins the ball well, just inside the Barnsley half. He's attacking, he finds Aidan O'Brien on the right-hand side. What can he do? He shoots on goal, inches wide. It was a snake, yeah, further wide than it started out, if that makes sense. Um, it was a shot, last being shot along the, on the floor. Actually, he must have been touched wide for a little corner. Cummings, here's Onya Dinman now, finds Aidan O'Brien, dispossessed the side in a corner. Little pressure, little pressure, listeners. Less than 10 minutes to go. We're building a bit of head of steam here. We'll make it count. We're unjustifiably behind in a game we should be leading in. Second corner in succession for Millwall. Floated it again near post. In the net! Who was that, Fred? Fred Hedder near post. 2 each. Most unexpected. I was actually drifting away. Expecting the ball to come back out for another corner. I don't like that new scorer's call there, Fred Onyedinma. But I do like what Fred is doing on the pitch. Two goals tonight. Good header there. We've certainly looked a lot brighter since the likes of Thompson, Aidan O'Brien have come into the game. Um, there must be a message in that for, for Neil Harris, mustn't there, to start them on Saturday up at Scunthorpe. Don't go forwards, trying to search out Lee Gregory. Does well to mix it up. Morris is in the mix, it rebounds off his Harris. It's balling, looking around, Aiden O'Brien can't get anything on it. Collected by the goalkeeper. Good effort by Millwall. Crowder into it, suddenly the place seems alive. It's been dead all night. It's end-to-end -end stuff, it's like a cup tie suddenly. A game that was fairly flat has suddenly come to life, listeners. The five to go is Jimmy Addo. Barnsley free kick. Three minutes of injury time to go. Halfway side mill half on the right hand side of the pitch is angled in towards 3-2. Defensive sloppiness again! Fucking hell. Three header on goal, nodded in. Mill two, Barnsley three. Can't see us coming back from that late, late blow listeners. Long ball forward, Barnsley may finish it here. Inside, two men free. Good save by David Ford to prevent 4-2, but I fear that's going to be the last action of the game. There is full time, Mill 2, Barnsley 3. Um, what can we say? That was a much improved second half once the likes of Ben Thompson, Aidan O'Brien came into the game in that second period. 
Um, all three goals for Barnsley, I think, could be put down to defensive errors by Millwall. So effectively, we've gifted that game to Barnsley when we should have won it by some distance when you take in the chances in the first half. So very disappointing result, very disappointing defensive display. And yet again, Millwall give away a game that um, really we should have done a lot better with. Um, there it is. Are we a crisis club? Not yet. We're on to Scunthorpe on Saturday. I hope the team that finished the half will be roughly the team that starts the, the game at Scunthorpe. I'm hoping that we'll see better up there if that is indeed the case. Achtung, Milball. There you go, three goals from three set pieces, poor defending, basic balls into the box, not picked up on the on what they call the second phase of play, I believe, in the uh, in the professional world of football. And that was Bob was your uncle. So there we are, dear listeners. A shocking tale of woe, beaten in the late, late seconds of that game from poor defending. And here we are at Scunny today, looking at radical changes to the team lineup. Um, first and biggest news, I suppose is that David Ford has been dropped in favour of Jordan Archer, who did very little wrong for me on uh, Tuesday, the previous Tuesday night versus Barnet. And he's, he finds his place in the team now at the expense of the Irish international goalkeeper. Um, he's actually just warming up in front of me at the moment with Jordan Archer. That must be hurting Ford. His, his mind has clearly not been on the job for some time, so it's, it appears to us. But there he is, dropped. David Ford out, Jordan Archer in. Defensive line, Sean Cummings, Sid Nelson, Mark Beavers makes uh, an overdue return for me to central defence alongside Sid Nelson there. And Tony Craig pushed out wide due to injury to Sean Ferguson into um, once familiar but now allegedly unfamiliar role of left back. Okay, you might as well listen to the man, so you midfield, Jimmy Abdu, Ben Thompson starting. With Sean Williams retaining his place in midfield in a three. It's going to be 4 3 3 today. Up front, Fred on your Denmark, playing further forward, one assumes, according to the uh, pre match announcement. Fred on your Denmark, Steve Morrison, played very, very well. The two standout players, I think, for me since the start of the season. And Lee Gregory making up the third striker. So there we are, radical changes. New formation, we're listing ourselves as 4-3-3 listeners so you can't say that Neil Harris has not seen what he's seen like we have and reacted to it um, well done to Neil it takes courage to actually take on change at that level and so he's done so here we, we the rest remains to be seen does it not so what do we make of Scunfort listeners what can we say about Scunny well the, the ground itself Glanford Park is apparently not long for this world. Um, Scunthorpe United have announced plans to move to a new stadium. Banford itself isn't that old, although it does look aged and very functional. A utilitarian, one might even call it. A set of four stands, each about the same size. It's all entirely enclosed. Um, the home end is terracing, and it looks like the away end, which is where I'm sat, was once was terracing too, although it's got um, seats bolted to it. The walking along the terracing is a slightly awkward affair at times, and I just get a sense that this was once terracing too. Um, the two side stands are seats and notable really I suppose in contrast to most modern stadiums this must have been built in the I think it's the late 80s or very early 90s but they built it with a uh, complete emphasis on on cheapness I would imagine because each of the stands has got one two three four stanchions four pillars to obscure your view a rarity actually in this modern day and it gives it a slightly old-fashioned feel um, I suppose it's the, the easy response the pat response would be to say it's not a very nice crowd it's, it's located in the modern style on the edge of town um, dead easy to get here straight off the motorway 
turn around, a huge car park right by the grounds. It's got like a, a shopping centre um, outside. And, um, you know, it's, 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 quite, it's quite an easy place to reach. I don't know what it's like from a public transport point of view. I've driven up there today. But in that sense, you know, it's, it's yes, it's modern in that sense. But otherwise, it feels like a real old-fashioned, old-school, um, traditional grounds. Um, I quite like it. I don't know what that says about me, listeners. You'll have to tell me. Maybe tweet me. Email me. Am I just an old-fashioned boy? Um, am I yearning for a lost era of football? What, what's that all about? You can tell me. Get on, get on the blower. Ring in your views. 0208 0232. Tell me what you think. You know I'll broadcast it. I don't hold back on language. I'm not like some shows where they say you've got to keep it clean. Don't have to keep it clean for me, do you? can tell me what you like. You use the, 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 the industrial language beloved of our club. Let me know what you think. Beautiful sunny day, it's got to be said, in North Lincolnshire. Um, driving across the countryside to get here, going past Lincoln, Lincoln Cathedral, off in the distance. Beautiful farmland. Um, it just reminded me, and I don't know where you are listening to this in the world, listeners. You are, you could be anywhere from Tasmania to Queensland to Texas to California to Canada and Taipei. We've got them everywhere, listeners. We're driving up here today across the beautiful English countryside and the beautiful late summer sunshine. I felt quite moved actually. It's what this country does best. We are, it's a beautiful place. It made me go all wobbly inside. So a little bit sentimental as I'm sitting here talking to you. Anyway, enough of all that old uh, tosh. I'll be back to you when the action begins. I've coined a new term for all you listeners as well, incidentally, as I'm sitting here. It's not bored, I mean, they're just warming up at the moment, pre-game. Pre uh, uh, a new word occurred to me, that is the, the, the condition that we're all in the grip of as Millwall fans, following our team around the country to some far-flung points on the on the map. I, I've called it Millwall Insania, that's, that's uh, the medical term that you can say now. If you're phoning sick on Monday morning, where you had a hard night on a Sunday night, you treat it as like it's uh, not a school night. Um, gone out, maybe got a little bit larry, but you can phone him next day, listeners, and complain of new and senior. That's a, it's a new condition. I think I'm going to put it up to the British Medical Board uh, of Journals, directors, whatever they call themselves, and uh, we'll get that defined as a medical condition. I'm certainly starting with Millwall Insania. And so are you for tuning in. You're Millwall Insaniacs too. So is everyone in this away? Scant away turnout at the moment. We're coming up for 10 minutes before kickoff. So the fallout from that bones of defeat, dear listener. Um, Neil Harris speaking to the music then after the, after the game. Couldn't hide his displeasure, as they put it. And he even went so far as to question the character of one or two players. Now, I don't think it takes a genius to work out who's been dropped today and who, therefore whose character has been called into question. Direct quote here from um, Neil Harris last Tuesday night. He says that he said to the players, who is taking responsibility on set plays? Who's reminding the players to keep the ball out of the net? Um, I, I wonder why he'd be reminded that. But anyway, who's taking leadership, or the leadership role is his question. Um, one would expect and think that Tony Craig would be the obvious candidate. He doesn't seem to have stepped up to the plate yet, but he's retained his place in today's team at left back. Unfamiliar role for him. Uh, two of the goals were second-phase balls, as Neil says, and one went straight into the goal. Conceding from set plays hasn't been a common theme under my stewardship. So, um, clearly, clearly unhappy now, as were we all. 
And the positive note, uh, Harris did say that we look like a better team in the return of Jimmy Abdul, as indeed we did. Sort of very welcome industry and, and um, willingness to run and tackle in the field. Something's been you know, markedly absent since the start of the season. And uh, even Fred Elia Dimmer's getting on the case now. He said, Mills Fred, as he's put in on the news at then, says we need people to step up after losses. We need leaders. We need people to step up to the plate. Tony Craig, we're looking at you, mate. That's what you've been brought back for. Posting on Twitter after the Tuesday night uh, loss, Tom Harris, 41, says this is one of the worst footback fours I've seen play for our club in 64 years of following them. That's a big statement, Tom. One of the worst back fours I've seen playing for our club in 64 years of following them. No leadership, no understanding, and a complete lack of quality. One thing I did want to mention to you, listeners, I'd be interested to hear what you think. This was brought up actually on a very good Lions live radio interview with Steve Morrison last uh, Thursday, wasn't it? Um, this, this curse of the den business, I mean, um, it seems to be a very real thing that our, our own players, our home players, are intimidated by our own fans when they play badly or don't start well at the den. Um, Morrow was saying how, you know, people get on your case and you need to be able to adapt to that and some players thrive in it. Many, many don't. Most don't, I think, was probably the gist of what he was saying. Um, interesting point. Traditionally, the Denver's known for its intimidation of the opposition, but I think these days it's known more for its intimidation of its own players. Um, that's not going to change. That is in the character of the club. They can come down on their own players like a ton of bricks if they see tackles bottled, um, if they see players that aren't giving 100%, or players that appear to be uninterested in, in what's going on around them. All of which we saw last Tuesday night, hence the abuse, hence the, the, uh, the, the coatings that certain players get. Um, Morrow makes the point that some players have to learn to, to thrive with that on it. Um, so be it, that's the way it is. That's Millwall, it's not going to change. As much as some people might wish it were different, or some want it to be, you know, um, a, a more easy-going, Charlton or Palace style club, that is not in the nature of our club, it's in our DNA. Unfortunately, or fortunately, you take your pick, that when our own home players let us down, we give them hell, and it's not going to change. The Grim Reaper, speaking after the Tuesday night game, said Falls distribution is very poor. He's dropped today, Grim. Um, in he doesn't give a shit. Um, he's clearly suffering. I think that's probably the better way to put it. Whether he gives a shit or not, he's only something only he can know. I'd be surprised if he doesn't give a shit. Um, I just think he's going for a bad time. Midfield is toothless. That's been changed today. That's for sure. So we've got Jimmy, Ben Thompson and, and Williams, who I think is lucky to retain his place, but still. Uh, and it's, the midfield is average, and that exposes a very average-looking defence. Achtung, Mehlball. Here come the two teams for the pools of the Ramones. Hey ho, let's go. Yeah, let's go, Mill. Very much so. Not bad, Mill Turner. I'll make it 300, 400 in the away ends. Make a good racket as you can hear. But very much the grim reality of League One for me this, this game, this is particularly. I think uh, the game that Shrewsbury brought took a big turnout. First game on after a long, long summer. Nice uh, away day, nice location. Scummy. Less so, isn't it? Let's be really frank. Um, it's a beautiful day, beautiful warm day, but this today, small grounds, small time, everything. Um, not unpleasant. I've not enjoyed my trip up there. The parking's a piece of piss. Um, but it's very much League One. Ooh, and they're smart looking away kit. I, I do like this away kit. It's kind of got a Spurs ish kind of vibe, I, I suppose, arguably. I like it all white, but anyway, today we're in the uh, white with dark blue stripe, uh, left, left side of the shirt, dark blue shorts, and white stockings. 
Scunthorpe play obviously the claret and blue turnout, which is never to be applauded under any circumstances. Apparently strikes. Still nice and goal get a good reception this. You can hear it. Well, the away crowd normally gets behind the team in a way that perhaps you could argue the home crowd doesn't always. Well, here we go. Scunthorpe attacking the the away fans in the first half, we're attacking the far end. As I look, sat in the away section of the stadium. Early ball wide spread in play by Scumford. One thing I have noticed of all the players, teams we played in League One so far this season, they seem to move the ball quite wide and spread it quite nicely, bring the wings into play. We just haven't done that since we've begun this season. This is what we were sold during the course of the summertime as well. But other teams seem to be doing it quite naturally, quite easily, and almost with a second nature. That was quite a nice ball wide, as it is, it went nowhere. Fred's in there. Overhead kick by Gregory. Blocked. Back to Jimmy Abdo. A little bit of pressure here. Cummings down the right-hand side. He crosses off the line. Looked like it was off, headed off the line from a Sean Cummings cross there by the Scumford defender. Coming up for four minutes gone. No opportunity there, I think. That's got to go down as a, a chance. No, no new player in the vicinity, so maybe not a chance. But anyway, it's headed off the line by Scumford. The ground has a very quiet feel. Um... That said, uh, oh, the seat's been beat by a long ball, stump on the attack, I'm talking to you, number nine, brilliant save by Jordan Archer, brilliant save, he's giving Sid Nelson a pat on the arrows now, having had a right old go at him, um, mistake by Sid, he got turned by a stump defender, and shot on goal, should have been a goal, should have been a score, Jordan Archer done well there. Now Lee Gregory finds a beautiful ball for Ben Thompson, seven minutes, eight minutes, Thompson on the attack, on the left hand side, Right inside, it's his shoulder charge. There's no free kick, no nothing for that. Just recognise Darius Henderson up front for him, of course, the old uh, warhorse. Darius Henderson, the man who you don't want to go dining out with. Ben Thompson finds Lee Gregory for in the penalty area. He cuts it back inside. Williams shot blocks off the line by the goalkeeper. Should have been a goal, should have been a score. Sid drawing a yellow card here for a, a, a headed challenge on the scum. He's, he's made, making a meal of it. He's rolled around about five times. He took a little bit of a head shot there. It was a 50-50 headed ball. Uh, referee's going to show Sid the yellow. Brave boy, as we always say. It's like Sid might draw some claret, so if you are going to go in head-to-head, -head, you might as well at least get some blood out of it. And I think he has in, indeed drawn the old claret off the scumful player. So, well done, Sid. It's a bit of a test for Sid Nelson today. Um, he's up against an experienced old warhorse, much as um, Henderson is taking a slagging. Of course, he was going to get a slagging. He's a... Northern um, ex-Millwall player from a professional Northerner, of course, um, with a bit of a reputation for being free and easy with his fists in uh, in restaurant situations. So of course he's going to get a bit of a slating, but um, he's, he also knows his way around, particularly now at this level, League One. He's not a bad striker. Of course he was on some exorbitant wage with us, as, as indeed were many. Um, but it's a test for Sid, because this, this, is, this is the real deal, this is the big leagues, as they say in American baseball. This is the big leagues, up against it today, so it's a learning curve for these young players. Sid Nelson is his chief amongst whom, because he's, as much as the, uh, we'll see his talent, he's also quite a raw player, isn't he? So halfway through the first half, it's nil-nil. Um, some early brightness from Scumford, but increasingly nil when they pass the ball, when they keep it on the deck and pass it. I think I said this on Tuesday and, and uh, on previous occasions too. We actually get it down rather than lumping it forwards. We actually do look a threat going forwards. Another fairly conventional long ball attack there by Scumford. Uh, volley high and wide by the 18. Uh, from the free kick, which just punted forwards and he caught it on the volley on the far side of the middle penalty area. High and wide, as we say, but... 
We're not getting in the way of these things. We're not getting in the way of these things, listeners. We are conceding the opportunity too often for comfort for shots on goal. On the attack. Good blocks. Cummings. Clears, but barely. Archer turning his defence to move forwards. Morrison draws the second yellow, middle yellow of the half there for a challenge. It didn't look much to me, but then it never will, will it? Stumpet remain on the attack, 31 minutes. Bit of pressure now from them. Then Thompson drawing cheers, because he's mixing it a little bit with the bandaged head scummy player who's down earlier on. We'll be careful, we don't get too many yellow cards in this game. In it comes, it's floated in from the right-hand side as our tag. Off the line there by three header on goal there. Henderson now in front of me on the, on the right-hand side. He tees it up, he's gone behind another scumfield forward blocked by Sid. Pressure. Little riding a luck. He'll catch a break there with um, Henderson catching the ball there. And his shot being blocked. You've got to do better in defence. And Veen takes the pull down in front of me. Number 10 swung in. It's another header. Why? Another, another header. They win another header. Number of headers they're winning is unsettling me, listeners. Fred coming down the left across the box. Surging, one of Fred's surging runs. Down the left-hand side, he puts it across in, but it's cleared. Curiously, Scunthorpe are singing bubbles. Um, they're in claret and blue. Now they're doing the United part as well. I suppose they can do. Scunthorpe United after all. But it's curious how they're following Shrewsbury's lead in singing West Ham songs at us. I think it's meant to enrage us to such a level of hatred that we do something stupid, perhaps invade the pitch or set fire to the main stand or something, I don't know. But here's a curiosity I've noticed on both of the, uh, the longer away days I've done so far this season, uh, Shrewsbury and now it's Gunfolk, it's, uh, they want to sing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles at you. Scunfolk on the attack again, shot from distance, it's the crossbar from Van Veen, the bloke with a bandage on the head. Shot from about 30 yards out, 25 yards out. It was dipping and it hit the underside of the crossbar down, didn't cross the line. We'll catch a break there, listeners, as we go past the 40th minute. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Nil-nil, still just. It remains nil-nil. Two. two minutes overtime, two minutes injury time. I know that word aggravates people. If I say overtime, it's because it's become Americanised. I've been watching too much American TV. Uh, so it's two minutes injury time. Back to my British roots. Let's go. Cummings does well there. There's the half-time whistle. Scumfort nil, nil nil. Scumfort will probably feel they should be uh, probably feel they should be ahead. And they hit the crossbar. They've had numerous chances going forwards. We've slightly ridden our luck at times in defence. We've not looked as strong or as substantial as I would hope. But Mill have created chances going forward. In fact, you could argue that we've not taken those chances well enough. So, um, I would say it's 60 40 to Scumfall at the end of the first half, as it is, though, nil nil. And we'll take that after the shopping week that we've just been through, listeners. So, there we are. We'll be back shortly after these messages. Achtung, Mehlball. There we go, Mill coming straight onto the attack. As I lounge at the away end, is Ben Thompson distance, he shoots. Oh, inches wide there, uh, the left hand side of the post as he shot. Good, good strike. Nice to see him coming forward, showing a bit of brightness there. We're in seconds of the kickoff. Craig over on the left hand side. Beavers has been re-summoned to the team, having not been in favour since the start for reasons that, um, unless he wants to leave, I'll be on me. 
Um, as is, we've, we've, we've been bad luck. We've held fast. We've, they hit the crossbar. We've, we've had a, a lucky break there. Going forwards, we've had our opportunities. I think we should probably show a little bit more enterprise going forwards. If we can show a little bit more verve and pep going forwards, maybe a role for Paris Cowan Hall. Maybe a, a departure for Sean Williams. I don't know. That might be in Bomber's thinking. But certainly, if we can show a little bit more movement going forwards, we can, as, as they've part, moved the ball quite well against us, so we can do the same back to them. Bilge, shot and goal, blocked well there by Jordan Archer, bar, end of the pitch. Shot, falls to, the, uh, to Harris Henderson on the second strike, and Archer does well to block that second shot. Concedes the corner, of course, but it does very, very well. Had a good game so far, Jordan Archer. Right, start to the half, listeners. 47 minutes, chances for Millwall. Pressure for, for Scunthorpe down the mill end. Fred uh, bobbing and weaving in front of him. Back to Craig, what can he do? He gets a cross in towards Morrison. Oh, headed wide. Glancing headed by Steve Morrison just outside the six-yard box. Glanced wide. Second opportunity half for Millwall. Brighter start already, listeners. Millwall on the attack here. It's coming, so having the left-hand side. Oh, kick. Almost point for an own goal there by the 18. Goalkeeper with a point, but I don't think he really knew much about point blank save. Now we can see the free kick. Another opportunity. Third opportunity since the break in six, seven minutes or so, listeners. We're working chances. We need to start taking them, though, listeners, don't we? We need to start taking them. Goal for Scunthorpe. Error from Cummings. And uh, releases this game. Disallowed. <laughs> Who cries for that? <laughs> it was an error from Cummings that released the scumful player down the right-hand side. Long cross, nodded at the far post. Couldn't tell you who the, the player is. Uh, mate, clearly been given offside there. We'll catch a second break, listeners. Scumful breaking down the right-hand side. 22 puts it in, cross low. Bobbling around, can't see what's going on. Long way away. Apologies for that, we'll clear it. Fine, it's Fred on the halfway line. Cuts inside, I'm sure his man gets taken. It's got to be a yellow card, surely. Fred rolling around on the floor. So here's a question for you, dear listener. We've now got Webster in the game. We've got Cummings, who's done pretty well for me in this, this half. Williams hasn't done so badly in midfield. All three players, and, and Ford has dropped out. All three players, four players, including Ford, have been taking some big flags and big abuse at the den. We're all just on the attack. I'm just going to follow through on this. The talking point for you here is the, is the den almost working against us in, in a conventional sense because of the, the amount of pressure and, and abuse that gets heaped on our boys at home. We've certainly looked a lot more... Um, we've ridden our luck, but we look a bit more comfortable and a bit more structured away from home, both for Shrewsbury and, and whatever result is here today, for, uh, what, three quarters of the game now. Lee Gregory leaving the game, listeners. 20 minutes to go, 70th minute of the game. Here comes Aidan O'Brien. You just heard the man say it. Here's Morrison, finds his Aidan O'Brien inside, he's inside penalty area. Oh, it's in just wide. Fred on your Denmark. Lovely little run inside by Aidan O'Brien, trying to find Fred on your Denmark. Inches wide, listeners. Last 15 looming up. 16, 17 minutes to go. Jinkin turning, Fred's inside the penalty area, just dispossessed the last minute, it's Sean Cummings. Close to the little ball, it's off the, off the crossbar. Oh dear, oh dear, off of uh, Steve Morrison. Punched onto the crossbar by the goalkeeper. Scunthorpe front. Scunthorpe long cross. They faded somewhat as the half's gone on. 
They still look um, like they could get something if, if we're not uh, on our game. Morris on the take, finds Fred inside the penalty area. Fred Tingan turning a shot on goal, parried away by the 13 goalkeeper. Last 15. We're all looking bright. Movement, movement. This is the key. We've O'Brien and Fred, we've got players that can control the ball and move. Crowd responding, you can hear it. Mill Conger, Sean Williams over from the right side of the middle attack. He floats it in. It's going to go to Mark Beavers, he can't win that ball. It falls to Jimmy Addo, volleys it. Volleys it wide, actually it was a brilliant pass. I think it was meant to be a shot. It's Sean Williams. Shouts for a handball, it's blasted into the Scunthorpe defender. Not given. Penalty. Long punt forwards. Beavers caught in possession. Scully player goes down. Scunthorpe penalty. Very, very harsh decision. I can't say the crowd influence it. The crowd are barely alive in the stadium. 12 minutes to go. Very harsh on the lines. Very, very harsh. On the state of the penalty. Looks like number nine's going to take. 11 minutes to go. He steps up. There he goes. In he comes. He's missed it! Over the bar! Fucking hell! High, high over the bar. That was a harsh penalty. He's blasted it at the Pucker Pie sign at the back of the home end. Incredible! Luck number three, listeners. Luck number three. We've got to make this game count. It's being laid on the plate for us. Midfield looks a lot better, a lot more coherent and a lot more solid, this game. There's Fred. Surging into the penalty area. It comes back to Jimmy. Ball into the box. It falls to Steve Morris. Um, corner. Got to be a corner. How can that not be a corner? So last five minutes of the game, we're pressing forwards. We've pressed forwards a lot in the second half. A much improved second period. The first wasn't bad, but it's improved second half, that's for sure. Defensively and, and midfield and going forwards. Brilliant work by Aidan O'Brien there, trying to find Steve Morrison after a beautiful take from uh, header inside. He's really made a big difference to our game in the second half, Aidan O'Brien. Webster coming down the uh, scumfold, coming down the left hand side. It's off the line. Ooh, wow. Tony Craig headed over his own bar there deliberately. He meant to do it. He's put it away onto a corner. Didn't know it was behind him. It was a ball that was could have gone in his own net. He's done very, very well to put it behind. As it is a scumfold corner. Scumfold will feel cheated by this game if they don't get anything out of it. Off the line. And hit the crossbar again. Fuck me. Bloody hell. We can't keep on riding our luck like this, listeners. That was another basic um, crossing into the box, headed on, on goal, and it hit the crossbar. That's four times lucky now in this game. Incredible. Caught a break there, listeners, let me tell you that much. I thought that was in the net from this distance. Certainly the crowd behind the home goal thought it was in the net. As it is, it seems to have hit the crossbar and gone downwards again. Second time in the game that's happened. There's the final whistle. Millwall... Gain a point, I think you've got to say that's a point gained overall. Scumfort nil, nil, nil. Um, if you take that as a whole, we've ridden our luck three times, four times with what we've hit, crossbars hit, penalties missed and goals disallowed. As it was in the second half, we were improved. We've played the ball around well. We've, we've looked quite sharp going forwards. Uh, the introduction of Aidan O'Brien made a big, big difference. And that was a much brighter middle performance. A, a point very much gained away from home. I'm beaten away from home. What do you make of that? We're, we can't win a pot at Millwall at the Den. And away from home, we've done well. The players getting good applause from the away end. 
I'm hoping to be back after this break with a new guest of the show, Mr. Omer Ronane. So stay tuned. Achtung, Mailball. All right, welcome back to the show and a big Achtung Mill welcome to a new guest, Mr. Omer Ronane. Welcome to the show, Omer. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, welcome, welcome on, mate. Um, you're up in Scunthorpe along with myself today, I believe. Um, interesting game overall, I thought. I mean, it was, a, it was a step forwards. It felt like a, a baby step forwards from Tuesday night's debacle. I don't know what you made of it today. Yeah, it was, it was nice to kind of see the team play with a bit more confidence, to be honest. I mean, playing at home has been a bit of a dreaded little thing for us at the minute and I think you can kind of tell in the players' performances today it was an extra touch on the ball they're more willing to take their time and it looked more assured I mean I thought playing 4-3-3 was helpful but it's one of those things I thought we'd done alright yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point you've touched on. That's what I was going to raise, actually. This, it's kind of it's this increasing pressure at home. The whole idea of the den as a kind of a, um, you know, and it's always been an intimidating venue for everyone. But traditionally, it's the opposition that we intimidated Omer, isn't it? Now it seems to be our own players who fail to to, to rise to the occasion at home. Yeah, it seems so anyway, because I mean, Morrison was in an interview during the week and he was saying how like the players, are they're aware of the kind of pressures from the crowd and it's there in the first place and it's understandable because I think I found a stat the other day, I think it was like 17 wins in 71 games or something like that. Yeah, so that, that. Is, yeah. that is really, really bad, obviously. So I can see the thought process of the fans, but in the same time, I mean, I was at the game on Tuesday night and you just it felt like we lost the game before we even started. I mean, that's just how I felt personally. It's interesting. I mean, just um, before we, you and I are speaking tonight, I was doing some editing from. I did a little bit of a recording on Tuesday night, and the the impression that I came away with at the end of Tuesday night was that we we were kind of um, soundly beaten. But when you listen back to the live piece, we actually had a succession of chances through the game, <clears throat> and I think sometimes we tend to get clouded by the end result. I mean, you know, actually, it, it wasn't such a bad performance as the result implied at the end of the night on Tuesday. It's just that we gave away such stupid, you know, avoidable goals. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's it's one of those things where if you're chopping and changing the team, and we all wanted changes on Tuesday after losing 4-0, but you kind of get those mistakes happening when you make all them changes and set plays have been obviously the weakness on Tuesday. And uh, we looked a lot better today, I reckon, but it's one of those things where, you know, if you make changes, it's going to be kind of problems defensively. But I don't know. I mean, I thought we played well today anyway, so that's the brighter prospects of it. I mean, the big the big story today, of course, um, was the dropping of David Ford, um, the introduction of Jordan Archer. I thought Archer did very well against Barnet. I thought he did very well today. To be to be honest with you, Omar. it feels like a bit of an end of an era somehow, doesn't it? The, the kind of um, you know the, the the kind of last of the fighting Temeraire, this great Hulk going off into the docks to be broken up. You know, is the end end of David Ford's career at Millwall possibly? Possibly. I mean, I'm kind of sad to see it go this way because. In my eyes, David Ford's been a legend for us and I, you kind of look back on it in his career and you're going to think in 10 years' time, is he going to be remembered for being the tarnished one towards the end? I mean, because he's had a really good few years for us and everyone can see he's kind of tailored off and for one, I don't really want to see him kind of be remembered for the wrong reasons. I think he's served us really well. He first came in from, obviously, when he was at Cardiff and he was kind of on the bench all the time and he really bet himself as a player, gone into international recognition and, I mean, it's sad to see him kind of tailor away as it is but I suppose that's kind of how it goes but it's kind of sad in my opinion but that's one of those it's football I mean I'm old enough to remember the kind of end of Harry Cripps's career which I mean 
that's how old I am, Omer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not till you say it back, you realise how old that makes me sound. But anyway, um, and it was a similar feeling. I mean, Cripps obviously was a club legend and, and full to an extent is in, in the same way. But um, it's, and it's interesting with David Ford. I don't know what you make of him, but in, in many respects, his decision making is in terms of shot stopping is, is not an awful lot different to the, the classic David Ford. It's the decision making in terms of whether to go forwards and take a cross, whether how to organise a defence. It's the kind of, the, the loss of the plot in, to, in, in the sense of what's going on around him. Give him a, a bullet shot, and I still think he's as good as, as good as anyone in some respects. It's that decision-making element that seems to have gone, gone down a swanny. Absolutely, I agree with that. I mean, today, though, I did think, if we were turning to the game, I know we're going to probably talk about it a bit more in a bit of detail shortly, but I think in the first half, there was a couple of chances where Archer got down and saved them, and I don't think Ford probably a couple of years ago might have got down and saved the chances, but I don't think now it's kind of... I mean, I don't know if it's a confidence sort of thing with keepers, but I don't think Ford would have got to the two shots in the first half today, personally, but... Possibly, I mean, possibly not. It's one of those ones, isn't it? Yeah. Really? I mean, it's you know, going back to the game, you're right. I mean, we've got Archer in, in goal today, so there's there's change number one. We've also opted for a four three three formation, which was interesting. And I mean, four four three looked like it was four five one at times with both of the uh, you know the two wide players dropping back slightly, but four three three was the announced formation. So you know, you can't. You've got to take your hat off to Neil Harris. I mean, you know, he mentioned after the game, uh, speaking to News at Den, that uh, every decision is tough, and dropping the likes of Ford is not easy. And also, I suppose changing your your, your plans. I mean, he set his he set his stall out with four four two at the start of the season, and it's it's been slightly found out with um, you know teams coming to Den and, and pushing us around pretty much. So he's changed it today. You have got to take your hat off to that. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's kind of difficult because. People look at the Millwall way of being two up front and two wingers and trying to get at them from the start. I mean, sometimes you can't play that way. And as we've seen at home, particularly the teams come and just outnumber us in the middle, and it kind of it's it's kind of an easy game plan. Just let Millwall lump it forward. We could take the ball and then pass around them. And that's why it looks like we've been chasing shadows. But personally, I think it's been partly to do with the kind of stubbornness from Harris to not change the plan. So I do commend him today for definitely changing up. So yeah, it was definitely noticeable today. Back line today, we've got I mean, Cummings retained his place. I, I think possibly more on the basis there's no one else that can play in the right back position. But anyway, I actually didn't think Cummings did too badly today. Then you've got Nelson and um, Beavers, recall of Beavers in, in the central part of defence. Um, and then Craig playing in the so-called unfamiliar left-back role, although he did start his career there. Um, I think possibly, I mean, for me, the defence in that first half, Omer, was, was, was on, on the wobble at times. We... We slightly clung on at, at, at points, though we did create chances going forwards. I don't know how you saw it, mate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of one of those ones where we've obviously been changing it a little bit recently. So I think if we gave it a few games, that kind of bat four, I would think is something we can go forward with. I mean, Beavers came in today probably to deal with Henderson, our good friend Darius Henderson. Yes, um, Yeah, he got a bit of stick from us today, didn't he? But um, Just a touch. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think, yeah, I think Craig done well at left-back. I mean, obviously, he did come through the academy and he kind of sees himself as a centre-half. But if you're going to play Nelson and, and Craig in the same team, you can't really have them both at the centre-back, especially against the likes of Darius Henderson or James Hansen later on in the season. So I think Beaver's definitely coming back into the side has been promised. But it's, it's one of those where if we can give him a few games to kind of gel together and see what happens, I think it could be maybe the best four to go with. Because Cummins, like you said, hasn't got too much competition. So it's kind of one of those we have to deal with for now. 
Yeah, I mean, the defence today, I mean, it looked wobbly. I, I described the defence on, on Tuesday night as creaky, and um, I'm not sure what the difference between creaky and wobbly is, actually. It's too <laughs> it's too late at night for these kinds of, um, you know, semantics, Omar. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought we just looked a little bit... Um, clearly, it was a back line that hadn't expected to play together, and, and we just looked a little bit rusty at times. One thing I do notice, and I don't know if you've picked this up, we've played some, you know, three... Uh, division uh, League One, Division Three games, as I call it, and the number of sides that seem to want to pull the ball wide is quite amazing. Even today, Scumford were pulling the ball wide a lot and coming down their flanks. I think I think that's something um, they've kind of looked at maybe in our team because I thought in the last few games, I mean, Cummins was better today, but he seems to be playing centre half position when he's playing. Sometimes he just gets dragged in a bit too much, and in the last two games, both Barnsley and Scunthorpe have both done it where they've just been trying to keep the left back as far as wide as possible and then Cummins never seems to notice it or he knows it's there but he doesn't know how to deal with the situation and every time they got the ball they were trying to hit it across and kind of exploit Cummins in a one-on-one position so I don't know maybe it's something that in League One it might be so more often because it's more direct in the nature of play there's no kind of hanging on to the ball really. No, I mean, I, I kind of expected um, teams to come at us in a direct fashion. Um, I've actually been um, unpleasantly surprised about at, at, the, at the sides coming at us down the wings and actually passing the ball quite, you know, n- not at uh, Championship or Premier League level, clearly, but moving the ball around and trying to stretch our defence. I, I hadn't expected that if I'm going to be uh, in the confessional. Um, and today I thought Scunthorpe had a lot of possession coming at us. Our defence looked a little bit creaky at times again, although not quite as unsettled as in previous matches and they always had the hint of um, of chances about them didn't they I mean they, they hit the crossbar in the first half um, they seemed to move the ball around at some speed and we never looked quite comfortable against it yeah I don't know it's kind of maybe playing the way we did I mean, today it seems a bit more comfortable I know you're saying if there was down the flanks particularly it was a bit weak to the on occasion, but I think playing four three three, we had Williams or Abdu or Thompson all taking turns sitting in front of the back four. Yeah, and it looks it looks a bit more sure today in the middle for me because there's always been the kind of with the four four two, he kind of one's pushing forward in the middle and it's kind of leaving gaps in in between, and that's I think where we got kind of undone against both uh, Barnsley and Coventry. So today it looks a bit more short in the middle, but as you say on the wide areas, maybe we need to work on it a bit more. But I thought it was definitely more short in the middle playing four three three. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, the midfield does look a lot more solid. I, I like the look of Ben Thompson, young player, just come into the side. He really does look the part, Omer, doesn't he? I mean, alongside Jimmy Abdu, there's two players that will, you know, Abdu plays the Mr. Awkward role and Ben Thompson clearly doesn't mind mixing it in midfield. He's, he's, a, he's a hard tackling midfielder in the old Alex Ray mould almost. I mean, he really doesn't mind getting stuck in. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... It's kind of he's got the fire in his belly, hasn't he? He's not, he's not one of those. He's not one of those has beens or he's he's. This is exactly what we as fans want to hear. When I mean, so when Harris promised to play the youngsters, we want to see these kind of players given a chance. And I mean, we don't know what Thompson's capable of, but now we're seeing him play. It's just you could tell it, it means a lot to him to play for Millwall. And I mean, you don't really want a team full of oh mill mill, but it's 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 nice to see that he's given the chance and he's taking it with both hands and he definitely looks a good player. Yeah, there is this this, this Millwall thing, you know, and we all know what we're talking about when we say that. But you do want to see it combined with a bit of an intelligent, um, you know. Uh, play as well as, as the kind of get stuck in aspect that I think anyone can get stuck in it takes a special player to get stuck in and also produce the goods in terms of passing and I think he does seem to combine that very well um, the player we haven't mentioned in midfield is Sean Williams I, I actually thought Sean Williams played better today than he has done in the previous uh, games at the Den without being outstanding but it was an improvement 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of touched on this in myself recently, and I was thinking more on the lines of that. He's not really the player that we kind of bought in the same way because no. we don't mention, you know, who the previous manager and um, <laughs> the clown, the clown, as he's called. <laughs> but I mean, personally, I don't think he's he's kind of just sapped of confidence. And I don't know if it's maybe he's not used to playing in a four four two and. I mean, not not used to, but I think he's more beneficial definitely playing with a couple of midfield partners with him. And uh, like you say, with Thompson and Abdu doing the running, he looks a bit better today. But I don't think he's quite there yet. I'd like to see maybe Jack Powell given a chance, if I'm honest. But I think, yeah, it was definitely better today. But there's more to come from him, in my opinion. So we'll have to see what happens with that one. Yeah, I mean, and along with Cummings, actually. I mean, both Cummings and Williams um, at the den, particularly amongst the uh, you know the, the, the group around me, they, they, they take a slating at the den. I mean, away from home, it is different. The, the, the crowd is different. The backing for the team is more full on and today where at the Denny might have been you know given given a few uh, home truths away from home they the, the crowd tends to get behind you more and I, I just think that he seems to respond to that um, I'm sure there's listeners all over the world listening to this saying he's at the wrong club if he can't handle abuse but it's it seems to be it seems just seems to be different for some players doesn't it Definitely. I mean, like I said, Morrison was during the week saying about how it does get to the players and it's not necessarily getting to the players, it's just they're determined to prove us wrong and we don't really want them to have the urgency as in they're trying too hard. We just want them to play their game of football really and we we bought them for a reason or they're playing for a reason. We just really want them to be able to show what they can do without the need of feeling distressed from, from the crowd. And I mean, obviously they're professional footballers, they're playing for Millwall, they should be able to deal with the kind of stress but it's, it's definitely something, particularly at home, I mean... It's, it's, there's the sticks there from the beginning and like you say throughout the game there's stick for them going left right and centre it's curse words and this is it's, these are our players these, yeah. these are people that play for Millwall and you, you don't really want to see that to your own players but I can understand the frustration from the fans but it's just one of those, isn't it? Really? I, was, I was listening to the interview on the, on the drive up there today. It was the Lions live radio, and let's, let's give them a bit of a boost, Damo. Come on, <laughs> it's, men- it's mentioned the interview channel. Yeah, Come on, yeah, we, 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 it's out there. We've mentioned it. It's a really good interview, actually, and um, it's well worth checking out if anyone gets a chance to. On, um, on they've got it out as a podcast. I just found it very interesting, and particularly the part where Steve says that the the abuse that you get, or the, or, or the kind of snarky comments coming from the crowd. Um, it's not so much that you're kind of um, the players are what you might call offended by it. It's more that it reinforces the the little voice inside your own head that everyone's got all the time saying you can't do this. You're not a very good player. It's that it just reinforces those internal doubts that you've got about yourself, and it's almost um, you know it's kind of adding to what is there within us all at some to some level. And then you get it poured on you from the fans that are supposed to be on your side. It, it reinforces it. It's, it's quite an interesting take on it, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, some of them ain't maybe used to the kind of stick that you'd expect because people say, oh, we've got a team full of Northerners or we've got a team full of people that don't understand what Mill's about and stuff like that. But regardless of that, if they're, if they're decent enough players, they should be able to come in and do a job. But it's, it's, it's whether they can get going when, the, when it's this tricky spell for the team. I mean, yeah. It's one of the, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see. I'd like to see the, for one game where we can just. I, I I can boo the team at the end of the game if we're losing four 0 to Coventry at home, but I don't want to see it where we go one 0 down and then all of a sudden everyone's getting up and going down to have their beer early or whatever. It's just you want to stick with the team. That's what I want to see. And like you say, away from home, there seems to be more of an understanding with that. 
Talking about one of our northerners in our team, and I think that it's high time we got to the Lee Gregory question. Um, I was just looking on the House of Fun before you and me spoke tonight, uh, Omer. Um, Northern Mark says, makes the point particularly on Lee Gregory, he's either got to learn to put himself about, or it's curtains for Greg's. Um, mm. I did think he was anonymous today. I, I didn't actually, um, it wasn't until at the end of the game I'm thinking to myself, well, Mark's out of 10 and all that kind of thing. I actually remembered that Gregory was on the pitch. So um, it was it, it was a, a, a kind of a bland display from him, I felt. It's a tricky one with Gregory because everyone wants him to do well. Everyone's been trying to compare him to Morrison or to Harris when he's come out through the conference and everyone wants him to really, really do well for Mill. But I agree, I think, me personally, he's kind of gone missing in all the games we've had so far this season. Obviously, he scored the penalty up in Shrewsbury, but apart from that, he's, he's really gone missing in games. And uh, he obviously does a shift, and everyone commends him for that. And mm. everyone, I, I kind of get annoyed sometimes because everyone's like, at least you're trying, Gregory. And it's like, yeah, he's trying, but we want to see a bit of class from him. He's there to score the goals for us, and he's not really doing it at the minute. I mean, you contrast that. I mean, the, the points you make are good, but you contrast it when Aidan O'Brien came into the game today, 71 minutes on, on the BBC site. Um, so that gave him, what, 19 minutes plus any any injury time. I thought we were transformed. As soon as O'Brien came in, we looked far more dangerous going forwards. Um, he just had a, he had a pep and a verve about him that we just lacked, unfortunately. And I, I make you right, everyone wants Lee Gregory to be this goal-scoring machine, but we're just not seeing that. No. The contrast was stark, Omer, I thought, when, when Aidan came in. I agree. I mean... I, I was really disappointed when Aidan got injured up at uh, Wimbledon and um, it's, it's kind of those where I really thought, is that the end of him? Can we see him come back? And it's a relief to see him that he's back already. And he's got a bit of class about him. I mean, he first came into the side last last season. We saw a bit of him, but we didn't really see the the real Aidan O'Brien. And I think this is actually the real Aidan O'Brien. He's, he seems to be quicker with the ball at his feet and he's confident to take it on and run 30, 40 yards of it under pressure. I mean, Gregory doesn't really do that. Gregory's kind of Gregory's there to finish the chance, but he's never in the box. That's what I think. He's, he's kind of dragged out, out wide too often. And you, you want Gregory in the box. You want o, players like O'Brien to get on the ball and do some magic. And then you just want your goal scorer to be in the box at the right time. So I think it's just about finding the right balance. I think if, I mean, Harris likes to think maybe O'Brien could do a wide job. I mean, mm. that might be something we could look at, I'd, you know. Maybe I mean I, th- I think probably in in all of our you know in all of our minds we cast him as the successor of the new Neil Harris. I think that was the the kind of collective um, role allotted to him. He doesn't seem to be a, a quick thinking striker in in the box. He doesn't seem or hasn't displayed it yet, should I say? Um, so now there's maybe an idea he can pull wide, as you say rightly. Um, he hasn't shown that much there. I, he's almost like a, a a player struggling to find his his striking role and. Um, as I said earlier on, I actually forgot he was playing, and and that I think is probably the the, the ultimate, you know, condemnation. One mm-hmm. other one other player I do want to mention because I've slated him and I've slagged him and I called him names was um, Byron Webster. He came in to replace Sid Nelson. I think left with a dead leg um, with half an hour to go. I actually thought Webster brought a little bit of um, strength and stability and height into the defence, and actually did quite well today. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what he brings to the side. He, he's he. That's why I think Harris tried to persevere with him throughout this preseason and into the start of the season because, it's, like I said, if you play Nelson and Craig at the back, it's kind of a bit suspect for height. Mm. And um, I think what Webster brings is that kind of a stability of I mean, he can win a header in the air and he can challenge the big guys. But I think what he does lack in is his ability on the ball. And I think he, when he's put under pressure, he seems to be kind of crumble under pressure a lot, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, as with the whole side, or certainly the whole defensive aspect of the side, we do seem to struggle against quality, um, or what passes for quality in this league, anyway. And I agree that when he's when he's pressured with you know players coming at him, he, he does look a little bit lost. I just wanted to say something nice about him actually, because I, I think I've given him a bit of a bit of a rough rough ride this season. <laughs> yeah, he, he did do well today. To be fair to him, he came on and he, he could tell he was he was keen to make an impression, and that's he's got the right kind of mentality where he wants to come on and prove everyone wrong because he knows there's a lot of scapegoats for him and. Uh, you can tell he's definitely determined to try and make a name for himself and try and do well in the side. But I don't know, is is Mill the right club for him? I don't know. It's just one of those where I, I don't personally. I, if if I had a choice between him and Nelson, I'd much prefer to go with Nelson. I mean, what are we trying to do this season? Is it it's a case of instant success? And we've been told it's not. So I'd like to see us kind of develop players and bring them on. And Webster's one of those ones where is he at the point where he's going to develop even more, or is he going to stay where he is for the rest of his career? So. I'd much see. I'd much rather us play the likes of Nelson and all the youngsters, personally. I mean, Webster should bring a touch of physicality that Sid, with the best release, he's a, you know, he's a, he's still a young boy. He's he's still not fully developed, and he's up against a, an old warhorse in Darius Henderson today. So it was a bit of a test for Sid. I thought he he did well, but I think he was stretched at times. Um, Webster. Oh, I don't know. I want him to do well. I want him to be this kind of beast of a defender that uh, will dominate proceedings. But he just—he just looks. He reminds me of. Um uh, of, uh, I think I said it in the previous show of, of Lenny in uh, of Mice and Men. Is it kind of, he's, <laughs> you know, willing and, and helpful and big and stupid, and you know, um, you wouldn't want to fight him. But then he never loses his rag to get into a fight in the first place. Mm. But there we are. Um, good point on on House of Fun. I just wanted to uh, share this with you from Jason. Um, Tuesday night, this is about um, Mill bipolar condition. Um, it's Tuesday night, Neil Harris is shot, sack him, no chance of him ever getting it right, fuck him and the whole team off. Saturday, the team did okay, but he's brought the passion back. Time to get, give him time to get the team in shape. And it's true, you know, we do swing from extremes to extremes, Omar, don't we? You know, yeah. You know, I must admit, I was in a depth of depression after Tuesday. I don't feel so bad tonight. I mean, that's what football does to you, isn't it? I mean, if you win on a Saturday, <laughs> you have the best week coming up, and if you lose on a Saturday, you've, everything goes wrong on Monday morning, and it's just it's one of those things we kind of follow football, and it kind of sways our life completely. But I think. I think winning at Shrewsbury was one of the worst things that could happen for Harris because what that brought was so much confidence thinking, oh, we're going to romp this league. And to be honest, I kind of thought the same thinking. We kind of had an average pre-season and we went to Shrewsbury and we won. And we actually really outplayed them off the pitch, I think, in my opinion. And it, afterwards, it was kind of like, now what? Can we keep this going? And yeah. it's kind, it was kind of our weakest enemy, in my opinion, because like, if we didn't win that game, everyone would be like, OK, it's League One, give us time. But now that we won that game, everyone's like, OK, one win, follow up with another one. So, I think we've, we've answered can we, the can we keep we get, keep it going question quite well, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we rolled our luck today. I mean, I, I've written on my notes here that we, you know, we, 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 we were lucky. Um, we also were unlucky as well going forwards. We actually created a lot of chances. We, we survived, what, was it two, two crossbar hits um, and the missed penalty? And a few, a few on oh, disallowed goals. So I mean, you could argue that you know there's four potential scores against us there. But we also hit the crossbar late. I think the goalkeeper pushed um, was it a Steve Morrison header onto the onto the yep. crossbar very very late. And we actually um, looked quite dangerous going forwards. And we should have had a penalty. We should have. Had... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was anyway. Personally, I mean, it was it was. I think it was a raised arm. But the referee didn't want to give it. No, but. I think yeah, going forward, we seemed a lot better. Like I said, O'Brien definitely made a difference. So 
I mean, the package is there going forward. Fred is kind of scary relying on him at 18 years of age. That's maybe yeah. something. I mean, because such weight on his shoulders, and every time he goes down on the floor, if he gets tackled, I'm thinking, is he injured? What's going on? And it's kind of scary to think we're relying on 18 year olds so early on, really. That's true, though. It's true. I mean, he does look the part. He's, he's clearly got the quality. Um, again, another thing that I think that Morrison mentioned in the interview is he, he doesn't realise how good he is. I, I think the fans realise how good he is. Mm. He certainly has got touch and quality. And, um, you know, how long can we keep him for? Let's hope it's at least this season. Um, so I'm going to give you the traditional Achtung marks out of 10 um, now, Omer. Um, so we'll share this between us. Okay. Uh, Archer, I, I gave Archer a 6 out of 10 today. I thought he did well enough, um, stopped a few. Um, it wasn't really straight. I mean, he didn't actually get anywhere near the penalty. That was blasted high over the bar. So I gave him a 6 out of 10 today. Uh, that's kind of interesting. I thought I would have gave him maybe a 7, pushing an 8. Because I think in the first half in particular, the one-on-one shot, he'd done really well to get down. And again, the later on in this half, he'd made a good save from a corner. I think I'd probably give him a seven. Seven, that's fair enough. I think the only thing, I mean, I'll make you right. I mean, the only thing I would say, and I, I toyed with going higher than six, but the thing that struck me is that we, we've, we've got into such bleak territory with Ford that the, the shots he was saving were kind of what I would expect a decent keeper to stop. You know, now he's, right, he's, yeah. he's done it, and yeah, you know, um, that's that's what you that's what you want, and no one's knocking that. But um, it, you, you can argue it two ways. I mean, six six or seven, we'll, we'll, we'll go with six and a half. Let's just settle in the middle there. <laughs> Cummings, I, I quite like Cummings going forwards today. He still doesn't convince me defensively, but he looked a lot better going forwards. I, I gave him a six. Um, I'd agree with that. I mean, he has been a bit, I think, I, I kind of rated him at the start of the season as good defensively and not so good going forward, but today was the complete opposite and he was really good going forward, so I'll agree with six. Sid Nelson. Now, I thought Sid was stretched at times. He was up against, um, you know, a, a, a bloke who's been around the track many times, strong player as well, Darius Henderson. Um I think I think he held his own, but it was it, it was at times just about. So I was going to give him a six um, purely because he's Sid Nelson. I like Sid Nelson. Um, I might have marked him down slightly, but I think he did okay today. So I think a six for him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it was difficult for him, but they're the kind of things he's going to have to come up against. Totally, and totally. I, th- I think I think he done all right today. I mean, Henderson didn't score. You can kind of judge it by that, maybe. I mean, he, he's he done all right, I think, and it's kind of the know-how. So, I mean, again, Morrison said it in an interview. It's not about the height. It's about how you can deal with the pressure of the player and how you. There's other ways to stop someone winning a header, and I think he done all right today. So I'll give him a six. And I'll always take my hat off to his bravery. He puts his head in places where you think, Jesus Christ, Sid, how long, how long are you going to be able to do that for, mate? But anyway, you know, let, let's let's. Um, applaud it while we can um, Beavers I, I thought Beavers did quite well coming back into central defence I thought we looked stronger for it he looked a little ring rusty at times but um, I, I, I gave him a 6 out of 10 I thought that um, you know in a, in a kind of a, a defence that was having having its moments and, and on occasions be, I, I prefer Beavers to be in there than not be in there yep agree with that uh, 6 out of 10 I'd give him the same I think Again, he came in ideally to kind of challenge Henderson and he seemed to win most of his headers and it was nice to see him play centre-half again and give him a chance. To it shoot, was, so. yeah. No, I've, always, I've liked Mark Beavers, always. Um, Craig on the, on the left, the, the unfamiliar position, um, I've given him a six. I thought he did quite well given that you know, he's expressed um, a desire not to play there, but um, he's being you know, played there because of circumstances. But I thought he did okay today. I'm not sure he's any kind of long-term prospect at left-back though, am I? 
No, definitely not. I mean, I'd give him a six as well, but I, I'd agree with you. I don't think he's definitely going to be a long-term fix. And he did get in the book towards, I think, in the first half, wasn't it? And he kind of got done for pace a couple of times. So yeah. I'm wondering if he comes across maybe a bit more of a skillful winger that we might have more trouble. So well, I'd give him a six today. But well, I'd give him a six as well. Good call. Jimmy Abdu gave six. It was it was the Jimmy Abdu show today. I mean, he, you know, he, he just he does what Jimmy Abdu does. It was it was neither, it was, you know, neither under par nor was it over par. It was it was a typical Jimmy Abdu performance. I gave him a six out of ten. And I'd like to say Jimmy does a Jimmy performance every single game. He's always a six out of ten, and sometimes yeah. you need that on your side. So I'd agree with that. That's a good point. Good point. Williams. I didn't think Williams did too badly today. Didn't do brilliantly again. Um, six out of ten. I gave him. Yep, I can agree with that again. I mean, a couple of passes went away, but apart from that, he seems to do much better than previously. Now, a player I do like, we've mentioned him already, we'll mention him again because I think he's worth mentioning, that's Ben Thompson. I gave him seven today. I thought he really got stuck in and I thought he really did well in in the heat of a League One battle. And I thought that was that was a, you know, that was kind of like a, a baptism of fire for him in some respects. But I thought he did very well to go to full 90 and he came out of it with, with full credit, I felt. Seven yeah. out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I was, I was, like as you were just alluding to there, I was surprised he didn't tire out towards the end and he seemed to keep going. And um, I think one point in the first half, he, I think it was three tackles in succession in the near corner. Yeah. And um, he, he throws himself about, gets his head about as well. And it's nice to see. So I'd agree with seven. Up front, so we've got uh, Steve Morrison. I, I mean, I, I've actually enjoyed seeing Steve Morrison come back to Mill. I think he's, he, he does seem to have acquired a certain elder statesman-like quality, which is quite an interesting um, development for him. Um, I gave him a seven today. I thought he actually did quite well out there today. Well, he worked off the ball. He, he was he was pulling wide. I, I, I just I'm just enjoying seeing him back at the den. So I gave him a seven today. Yeah, likewise. I mean, I, I, he's probably a lower seven, but he's definitely. I think. With Morrison, we're gonna. He's definitely got the fire in his belly. He's playing under Harris and the good mate of his. And I think Harris kind of bent over backwards to bring him back to Millwall. Yeah, and yeah. I think he's got to repay the faith in him. So, and I think yeah, he's definitely the right player that we needed this season. So I'll give him a seven again. Fred on your I mean, it wasn't Fred's best game today. I think we're setting such high standards for him that we were expecting brilliance as a, as a kind of a regular with, with Fred. Um, I gave him six, because I thought he did okay today. Um, I think he's going to he's gonna acquire a lot of physical attention this season, Omar, isn't he? He's going to get clattered quite a bit. This is a this is a bruising league, and um, I think he's just got to keep half an eye on maintaining his health over the course of the season. Of course, I think that's when Harris has got to come into it as well, because, I mean, you see it all the time with players getting rushed into first-team football and kind of bites them in the bum later in their career. Mm. But... Um, yeah, I'd give him a six again today, and it's it's crazy how quick he is on the ball as well. I was kind of surprised today in a few. Occasions, really direct, but, really yeah. direct. I mean, some of the touches. There was one. There was a touch on on Tuesday night. Um, he, he kind of collected a high ball and almost back heeled it into the path of a of, of, you know of, of, uh, of a colleague going past him. Yeah. And, wow, that that it was one of those brilliant moments. You, <laughs> you know, it, it was a, a jaw drop moment. And um, he's got that potential. I, I just think he's an amazing prospect. Um, we probably shouldn't keep going on about him, moment because we'll, you know, I dare say the scouts of the Premier League tune into this show, and uh, you know, they'll be taking notes. Um, low marks for Lee Gregory, I'm afraid. I, I wasn't really conscious of him for that reason alone. I'll give him a five. Um, I, I can't remember him doing anything today. Um, no particular agenda against Lee Gregory. I want him to do well, but. I just can't remember him actually being on the pitch, and that's that's you know, not, it's often a phrase that you use, but actually I can't remember him doing anything today at all. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's like we said, we touched on it. It's one, it's one of those where you kind of want him to get a goal, and then we'll see what happens. But I'd give him a five today as well. Yeah, I mean, we made the contrast already with Aidan O'Brien coming. I gave O'Brien a six purely on the basis he only had 19 minutes to play with, but I just thought he made so much more of an impact. Um, 
you know, you can see him starting ahead of Gregory very, very soon based on, on today's performance. Yeah, I think I'll give him six as well. I think Harris doesn't want to rush him back into the side, and rightly so, because he's obviously had his injury. So, But I think I'd agree. I'd like to see O'Brien start a game soon. So a point gained for you, Omer, today, or point, points lost? I call it a point gained overall, given the amount of um, rattling of our crossbar and our woodwork and um, you know the, the, the fortune of the, uh, of the penalty miss and so on. I'd say we, we did well to come away with a point today. Yeah, I'd say so. But in the same fashion, I'd like to. In one of those, it's one of those games where it could be the perfect away performance. Couldn't it have been if we had a few chances to take the game? And yeah. I think it's a point gained, but equally so, we could have potentially nicked the game today. Nice one, mate. Now there's going to be a lot of people asking who the bloody hell is this Omar O'Neill bloke and what you're doing on the show. And the reason that you do you're on the show is because I caught one of your video blogs, a vlog, I believe you called it. Is that is that correct? That is the term. That's the a, a vlog. Is, a vlog. This is yeah. this, this is stuff where you, I mean, the days where I might stick a camera in front of myself and put it on TV are long gone, Omar. But um, you've been doing these for a little while now, mate. Yeah, I've got my own site going and um, kind of new on the scene, and it's nice to get recognised by people like yourself and be listening to podcasts and stuff like that. And I think it's kind of it's something different and something new. And a lot of people, some Mill fans, the older ones, are going, "What's this? It's a bit weird." But <laughs> it's, I, I kind of see it as a kind of a niche, and it's something cool I enjoy doing. And I like to. Feel I think it's weird being, I'm only 20, but I feel like I know football, not know football, but you, you kind of understand football and I like to think I could talk about it for hours upon end. So I, I thought I'd channel it into a channel seeing as I go to pretty much every single game. So how do people find your, your, your pieces? They go to YouTube, presumably? Yeah, there's, I've got a site. It's www. and it's my name, O-M-E-R. It's Omer Renee MFC, but you can find me on Twitter as well and it's all over there for you. And surname spelled R-O-N-A-Y-N-E. So That's the one. Um, you'll probably pop up if you put any variation of, uh, of letters in a you know in a semblance of order on, on there. You'll come up at some point. Fantastic stuff. They're well worth watching. Really appreciate you coming on the show tonight, Omer. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate late, it. Late night uh, conversation, so good stuff. Um, yeah. Onwards to next week. It's Chesterfield at home next week, isn't it? It is indeed, and hopefully, hopefully, three points at home. Let's get that monkey off their back at home, Omar. Let's get uh, let's get some uh, a win at the den, and uh, maybe we can start to kickstart the season at last. Definitely, fantastic, brilliant stuff, Omar. Thank, Thank you, mate. You Thank you. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 